Welcome to the VP Live Network. Your 30-second countdown has begun. This show is intended for adults of legal smoking age, and as such, the content is not intended for viewers and listeners under the age of 18. Vapor's Place is in no way responsible for the opinions of any host on the VP Live Network. Please grab a vape, sit back, and enjoy the show. What is going on? How are you people? I'm here. I'm here. Um, and Aaron's here too. Hold on. He's in the phone board. So let me pull him in out of the phones. Good evening, sir. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you doing? I was just doing a little, little air guitar there with, uh, with that music, Barracuda. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that happens to everybody with that right. song i swear to god um it's like an earworm thing and uh jen one <laughs> one of the one of the ladies up in the new england vapors group i know that is like so into advocacy and she works so hard she put it up on one of the posts about the show tonight if i would play that for her and considering <laughs> what she does for everybody else i couldn't not play it so now everybody right. is going to have that song stuck in their fucking head from now till eternity, and it's Jen's fault, not mine. Yep. Yep. We well, will, I'll blame Jen then. We will blame I Jen. I might not be able to sleep tonight. So, and I don't know, did you see what happened in Indiana today? Uh, I did not, actually. I've been running around all day, and I did not get a chance to really check the news other than I saw you know, the, the British election, but that was about the only thing that I really, uh, yeah, really they, saw, unfortunately. What, what happened? They passed the bill in Indiana. And um, so to anybody out there that's in Indiana, I'm sorry that it is now going to be illegal for you to DIY your own e-liquid. Really? Oh, um, yeah, Indiana is passing crazy, crazy legislation. Um, we got all kinds of crazy yeah, shit. I think that they're kind of the state for crazy legislation lately, aren't they? <laughs> Or at least what I've been hearing, at least. Of course, yeah. I haven't read any of it. But yeah, Indiana is just... A lot of them in the news. I guess in the news, rather, I'll say. I don't... I'm not necessarily judging anything other than I hear a lot about them in the news with all the laws that they've been passing. Yeah. Certainly, this one sounds really crazy. Yeah, they're they're requiring something in this legislation um, that they're requiring anybody that's working with liquid nicotine to have a tobacco reseller's license and shit. And, I mean, it's just crazy. I wonder if they're going to... I wonder if they're going to pass a law that bans... Um, anyone from mixing alcohol drinks in their own home, <laughs> you know. Don't give them any I ideas. Might I better be quiet? I'm gonna zip it over here. <laughs> yeah, don't don't give them any damn ideas. Um, and for anybody that's listening that doesn't know who this is, by the way, guys, um, my guest for this evening is Aaron Biebert, and he is from A Billion Lives, and um, it's a new documentary. Correct. It is a full documentary. Yes. Right? Yes. Oh, yes. Absolutely. All right. It's you a bet. full documentary. Documentary. Yep. Um, so why don't you tell everybody a little bit about what it is you're doing? And before you do that, I should apologize for accosting you at Vape Bash. I didn't mean for you to think that I was going to yell at you. I wasn't. Oh no. Well, you never know because uh, you know we we've heard about you know some of the other attempts at making films, and and it seems like people are pretty angry about that. And so yeah, we kind of. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, I'm like James. They have cameras. Do you think they're making a movie? And he's like, I don't know, Jeannie. Why don't you go find out? I'm like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, so you know, and everybody listening to this, they know me. Um, I walk up to this poor guy, and I'm like, "Um, young man, 
what is it that you're doing? Are you guys doing a film? Well, yes. And I'm like, well, we would like to talk to you. And I pointed over at Dagger. And so when they got done talking, they come over and they talk to Dagger and everything. And then they go walking away. And I'm like, what the fuck, Dagger? He said, what? And I'm like, I wanted to talk to them. And he goes, oh, well, Jeannie, maybe he thought you were, like, scary or something. <laughs> well, I was a little intimidated, but I've gotten over that now. So. No. You know, um, I, had to, I had to take some uh, some uh, some pills to settle my, my nerves down before the show tonight because I was a little bit nervous. But <laughs> Yeah, no, sorry. I'm just me. No, 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 no. Um, I'm just the old lady that cusses a lot. Um, but no, I was I was really interested in what it was you were doing. I had heard a little bit about it before Bash, and then when I saw you right. at Bash, I thought, oh yeah, now I can get information from this kid. Right? Yeah. Well, Bash was kind of our first big public event that we went to, and so yeah, that was kind of fun to see. It was kind of amazing actually to see how many people had heard of the film, you know. And you would ask kind of a little bit about you know what the film is about, and and basically, it, it's a film about the history of vaping all the way back to the very beginning and then what's going on with it um, specifically related to the corruption that, that that's going on, you know, with, with keeping vaping, you know, holding back. You know, I don't think that's right. I'm not a vapor, you know, and I have to make sure I say that so people don't get the, the wrong idea. We definitely are, you know, kind of observers, you know, looking into this world and, you know, we see a billion lives, you know, the World Health Organization estimated that a billion lives you know, well, you know, a billion people will die early from smoking in this century, you know, and that's a ridiculous number if you think about it. I mean, a billion people, my goodness, that's two and a half times the amount of people in the United States. So for that many people to be affected by smoking, you know, and then you look at, well, what are the alternatives? Well, clearly there's some, you know, NRT uh, products out there, which we've obviously heard from many people do not work, you know, at least not well. They work for some people, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty much the only alternative besides just quit. So in some ways it looks like some people have taken the quit or die mindset and, and unfortunately people are not going to quit. They're going to just die. And so a billion people are going to die. And, you know, you look at those alternatives, like I said, along comes vaping and has the potential to do amazing things, you know, and, and there's other social benefits as well. I mean, people need things to do with other people, you know, I know some people would like to take, those things away from, you know, people at all costs for some, you know, for whatever reason. But, you know, there's many things about the vaping movement that we witnessed and we're watching people and, you know, how they, how this has become a community and, and the way that it's being held back seems like there's a lot of corrupt things for that. And so we want to tell that story of vaping for the public and we want to make sure that the world knows about what kind of crazy corruption is going on because it will affect them at some point as well. You know, it's if it's not, you know, it's this, it's vaping one moment, what is it going to be the next moment? You know, and that's, you know, throughout history, you watch the type of things that, that have happened, you know, whether it's the prohibition of alcohol in the, you know, the 20s or 30s or whatever that was back then. And, you know, some of the other things that have happened, you know, it's some people just want to make laws and sometimes they don't always have good motivations for it. So um, yeah, that's we kind have... of a, a long explanation for that. Yeah, well, <laughs> on Monday nights here on Vapor's Place, um, my friend Jan does a show here on a vaping network that's not about vaping. Um, and she's one of the board members okay. of CASA, too, so add that in. But it's a non-vaping show. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it's a non-vaping wow. show. Um, <laughs> and Jan covers all of the stuff that's buried in the news that you should know about but gets overshadowed by nonsense. Um, and, right. and 
it happens constantly. And one thing I've learned with doing this show with Jan, um, being her little sidekick that tries to make her laugh so that all of the depressing stuff she has to tell everybody doesn't make her cry, um, is that we have created this huge money machine that we call government here. And and right. it serves to right. perpetuate itself. And, you know, right. that was one of the things that I wanted to ask you, because you're not a vapor and you're looking into this from the outside, have you noticed that if you follow the money, that's what this ends up right. being about? Is It's about the yeah, money. It's, it's, money. it's, it's not money about thing. the I lives. I was tre- right. I was treading a little bit lightly on that just because, you know, obviously, we we will be planning to interview people on all sides of this. Uh-huh. Um, but but certainly, you know, t- to be honest, it looks like this is all about money. You know, and I don't think money is a, a good reason to let a billion people die early. You know. Now, how the one of the big things, you know, and I think a lot of the reason that you've been met with some resistance. In amongst the community, and you know, some people have looked at you like, "Yeah, I don't know about this." Um, is right. there's there's a little bit of past history going on with with movies. Um, you are not seeking any kind of crowdfunding for this film, correct? No, absolutely not. We're uh, studio funded, so uh, Attention Air Media is writing all the checks for this. So, <laughs> luckily, luckily, there will be no uh, no requests for money from anybody. So. Yeah. And I think that, you know, know, that is something that I really wanted everybody to hear was, you know, you're not looking for funds from us. You you already have a plan in place how this movie is going to be made. Um, And it's not going to require anything from any any of them. Um, And I think. Right. Well, the only thing I guess we are asking for some help and and primarily the help we're looking for is really, you know, information. Uh And then also for, you know, in some cases we're trying to build a community because um, this film is being produced for theaters. And so the distribution company will be making the decision on, you know, how many theaters will this be shown in based on how big, you know, and how strong our, you know, online community has grown. So we are asking for help, but it's not the kind of help that people are afraid of, you know? Yeah. It's the kind of help where you want people to share it and you want people to know about what's going on and the, the larger right. the fan base that you can create, um, the more theaters right. that this is likely to be released into. Right, right. Not right. on money. So, right. um, no money, no money um, whatsoever. And I know, you know, that is something that we're discovering that people are, you know, they're, they've been saying, you know, we've had these these movies that people have said they're going to make, and they just ask for money, and then they don't make a film. I'm not familiar with, you know, this at all, so I other than we knew coming in that there had been some crowdfunded things, but I don't know the people involved, and so I'm not necessarily judging or anything like that. But yep. we've definitely heard about it, and we definitely want people to know, you know, we're not, this isn't a hobby film. We're not making this for fun. This is a professional film. We're a professional uh, production company. I'm a professional director. You know, this is what we do every day. You know, so it's not, no one has to worry about whether it's going to get made. It's going to get made. The fact that we've already been on this for about six months now, um, there's no turning back. The film will, the, will be made. The things we're discovering already are only reaffirming our position that this is a great story to tell. And so it's going to happen, and we're excited about it, <laughs> for sure. Well, where all are you planning on going and filming at? Yes, yeah, it's quite uh, quite exciting. Well, on Sunday, um, we'll actually be shipping off to uh, Peru. 
to uh, film the intro for the film. Uh, Peru was the place where tobacco in the mountains or the Andes Mountains was where tobacco was discovered. And so we're actually going to start all the way back at the beginning, even though it won't be a long, we don't want people to think that the, there's going to be some long, you know, documentary about the history of tobacco or anything like that. But we think it's worth noting, how did we get to a position that we're at, you know? And, and in many ways, the some of the tobacco control efforts that we're seeing, you know, go all the way back to, you know, the days of, you know, tobacco and, you know, specifically the cigarettes. And, you know, that has its history as well. So we're going all the way to Peru to start. You know, to, to film the intro, um, we've already been filming out in uh, the western side of the country. We just got back from a, uh, a little more than a week out there uh, filming. Uh, we, we got a chance to interview Mark Weiss, who is the founder of uh, Enjoy and was the one who um, was responsible for fighting the FDA back in the, back in the day when they decided to, uh, you know, start banning imports and seizing e-cigarettes at the border. Um, that was a really great interview. We were also at the the NATO show um, to hear Mitch Zeller from the FDA talk and also to do some meet and greets there with people. Um, we were over in L.A. Uh, with some meetings in Hollywood and then all the way up to San Francisco where we were, you know, talking to uh, folks up there. And, and I think we're going to be back there because we would like to uh, we'd like to interview some of the folks that are against vaping that are up there, kind of see exactly what, uh, you know, get their story. Very curious about that. <laughs> Um, do you have so Do you have those plans those, to those. speak with the rocket mechanic? Um, <laughs> I think I know you're talking about. Uh, yeah, it's funny because actually one of the one of the producers today, Shem, he actually just uh, mentioned. I, I'm guessing you're talking about uh, the professor that I think his <laughs> degree was in engineering or something like that. that yeah. Right? Aeronautics, yeah, yeah. He, astrospace engineer. <laughs> yeah, he's a rocket mechanic. Um, how he got, right. and you know. It, and I have to, I don't know how to be anything other than me, okay? So. I know, right. I understand. You, you can, you can take from I, this what you want, but how the fuck <laughs> an astro space engineer gets an honorary PhD and ends up being the guy that they go seek about medical information in tobacco control floors me. I do not understand well. that. That math does right. not go together. Um, right. And it, it obviously, I think, you know, if I had to look at the industry, he's probably the number one person that most people are a little bit irritated with. And maybe a little bit is probably an understatement. But, he's not uh, a real freaking doctor. <laughs> right, right, um, right, right. And, and I'd, like to, I'd like to interview him, so I'm not, you know. I, I know. I'm not being super, so, you know, I'm not being super crazy because. I, I mean, I obviously am very curious, and that's probably the most mild way I can put it, to understand some of the things. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't understand it. I'm with you. I don't understand it. And, I, and I'd, like to, I'd like to ask him about that. Maybe, maybe he'll tell me. Well, and one <laughs> of the other things, and I don't know if you've seen this, um, but Dr. Constantinos Varselinos, who um, mm-hmm. has done a lot of research on electronic cigarettes, and works at the cardiac, um, the Onassis Cardiac Care Center in, in Athens, Greece. I think it's Athens. It's in Greece. I know it's in Greece. But Dr. Farsalinos mm-hmm. had petitioned the FDA to speak at the next session. And this man was refused. Really? Well, yeah. That's interesting. So, you know, that might be that. something gonna be, gonna... that... That you want to look into because, I mean, this man is a researcher um, that actually has is he he's a real doctor. 
a real doctor. Right. <laughs> and um, the FDA rejected his request to speak at the next session. Um, and, and did, I can, did they allow anyone else? Or, or I mean, are they allowing anybody? To oh speak yes. As far as you know? Oh yes, they are. Okay. There's a there's a long list of people that they are allowing to speak. All of them are against vaping. So, yeah, see, and, and you know, that's, that's just food for thought like, on your list of things that, you know, when you start adding up your columns, um, that might be one of the right. things that that might be a question that that you could find us an answer for, because right. it, it's not making a lot of sense to us. Right. And I, I would agree. And I feel pretty confident speaking about that openly. That's exactly the kind of stuff that we're looking to talk about, because it doesn't make sense. And it's not right. It doesn't make sense that that if you're going to have a real debate about this, an intellectual debate, that you would include only people from one side. And I'm guessing some of the people that they've included are not folks that have done research or have, you know, medical degrees or actual, you know, qualified to talk about it. So, yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. And, and I, I got a chance to see, I saw Mitch again uh, in Chicago this, uh, this week, and uh, I, I asked him about an interview, and uh, he gave me someone to talk to you about that so we'll see we'll see if Mitchell I yeah. mean he has been coming out you know he has been coming out in public a couple of times now. I've seen him twice in the last couple of weeks so I mean he is coming out there but I yeah I don't know I don't know why they would do that and uh, I don't think it's right because at the end of the day if you're not going to listen to, to all sides of something it's just not a fair debate you know it's not a fair discussion in my, my opinion we um you know and we go through this over and over and over again and it seems like it's happening more frequently now that someone will produce a study and they go and they draw conclusions at the end of this study and the conclusions that they've drawn have nothing to do with the data (laughs) you you know their own data is not supporting their conclusions and when you point that out that's when the entire oh we must ban flavors and save the children the, right. the whole Save right. the Children card is, you know, that has been played to death. You know, um, right. well, the entire thing, they, they seem to be sticking the- on this, you know, these flavors attract children. Well, have you been in a liquor store lately? Right, right. There's like 180 flavors of vodka. <laughs> uh, Nobody's yeah, screaming with, hey, about Save you. the Children when it comes to that. Um, and then, and you look at the inhalers, the, the approved NRT methods, these inhalers, guess what? These inhalers come in a lot of the same flavors that they want to ban in (laughs) e-cigarettes to save the children. I'm not against children vaping in any way. Do not, please do not think that because I am not for children using tobacco in any form. I just think this whole needing to regulate them out of existence because these flavors attract children is preposterous. Right. Well, and if you think about it, you know, so far nobody has shown me any evidence that e-cigs kill people. And yet, so they're basically willing to trade, you know, saving the children from something that won't kill anyone with a billion people that will die from this. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and to me that that's ridiculous, you know, so... Uh, hey, I didn't finish the list of where we're going to film. I actually cut myself off and started going Oh, no, I'm sorry. No, no, no. You can blame me for no, that because no, no, I am the queen of the ooh shiny. 
Oh, and I'm I'm the king of it then, so I guess we'll be together on that. But uh, so actually, uh, we're we're going to be going over to uh, Europe as well here in June, and we're going to be filming over there. We got a chance to sit down with some folks from the UK recently in Chicago that were over here for uh, the Safada conference, uh-huh. and uh, we're going to be going back over uh, across the pond, and then uh, at some point we're working on a trip over to um, to Asia as well, you know, to see some of that kind of stuff. So we're we'll be filming on four continents. And uh, you know, this is a global story. We think that this is this is beyond just the United States, even though obviously that's where our home is, and that's you know, in some ways, like the FDA, when they make decisions, they affect the rest of the world with some of the things that they do. Um, but obviously, yeah, it's a it's a global issue. So we're going to be getting perspectives from all over the world. Yeah. Well, and and the WHO, the WHO, <laughs> that, you know, that's that's that place is a damn train wreck too um (laughs) no i'm just saying you know we got we got ebola going all over the place and you know and let's just transport ebola patients into countries that haven't tested positive anybody yet so we can spread this shit some more but let's go to a conference and bitch about electronic cigarettes because that's the biggest issue um but yeah okay right Right. and well you look at the world and and it's to me that's extremely sad you know in the united states we're very fortunate because you know most of the freedom hasn't been taken away yet but if you look at some of these other countries like in japan if a 12 year old wants to walk into a gas station and buy a cigarette that's okay that's legal but if but if a 45 year old man wants to to vape that's not that's illegal mm-hmm. you know and to me that's just i mean what <laughs> well if you look at it that's money guess who owns the largest tobacco company in japan the federal government so, I mean, there is so much. Yeah, we've we've been uh, just accumulating a lot of information here, and it's you know I'd like to call it exciting information, but really it's just sad information. You know, yeah, I mean honest. it's it's um, absolutely terrifying. Um, and you know if you read if <laughs> and you probably don't want to do this, find somebody that works for you to do it, but have them read through the the master settlement agreement. Um, and oh, right. and and right. research into who actually wrote that shit. <laughs> right well i've heard i've heard sort of you know some some information about that yeah, but yeah none, none of our our staff has read through it but uh and the other I thing that i would good reading yeah that i would tell you to do is to have somebody read through and and it's and it's it'll make your brain want to liquefy and run out of your ears but <laughs> the deeming regs that the fda has proposed um are a absolute nightmare um, they have, yeah, they have, they have worded that so that they're not going after some things now, but if that deeming regulation is put in, they can do whatever the hell they want. Um, the first time, and it's two, it's 240 plus pages. Okay. Yeah, it is. It's 240 plus pages. And I, the first time I read it, I think it took me like a week to get through it the first time. Um, And I've read through it a couple of times since then. And and every time I read it, it doesn't get less scary. And, And it makes absolutely no sense to me the way that they're coming after this because it is a harm reduction 
That's right. that's what vaping is about. It is not about elimination of harm. We're not saying that it's harmless. Right. What right. we are trying to say is that it is less harmful than smoking. And the way right. the and master settlement agreement is written less harmful if I'm understanding it correctly, right? I mean, nobody is I I'm having a hard time I, I've heard of two cases where people have died from you know, related to e-liquids, and, and uh, both of those times were extremely weird situations that I think one was like a suicide or something like that. Where he injected and the it? the other one was... Yeah, that he injected yeah, something it? Just, <laughs> something just stupid. And another thing was where, you know, someone left something else that they shouldn't have, you know, and so I, I'm i still not... I'm still waiting for some of the, you know, to hear some of the, the negatives other than, you know, obviously nicotine does have some addictive factors to it, but... People are addicted, as far as I understand. I mean, my wife's addicted to coffee, you know. <laughs> she needs that every day, but I don't know anyone that's worrying about, you know, some of that. You know, it's people, uh, yet. Like, like they always say, you know, people smoke yet. from nicotine, but, you know, die from the, the smoke, you know. And at the same time, here everyone's worrying about the nicotine, and they should be worrying about the smoke, and they're not. It, and know? it is, and that's and that's exactly it. They need to be worrying about the smoke, and they need to be worrying about the tobaccos and the things that leach right. out of the tobacco. Um, and, you know, this is about the purest form you're going to get nicotine delivered. And I I made a post, um, tobacco-free kids started in about the flavors again, you know, and, and God love. And the CDC needs to do something, and they're marketing these things to children. And it was a butter crunch flavor. Um, and, by the way, there was a poll... There was a poll in, I think, USA Today, I think was where the poll was, asking if people agreed or disagreed with this story. And, you know, when I went and cast my opinion on this poll, um, I think it was like 80, 82% of the people that responded um, were dis- strongly disagreed with this article. Because, I oh, mean, really? okay. yeah, I mean, I have to tell you that, you know, sitting here in front of me now, I have a uh, lemon shortbread cookie that I have been working on forever. I'm an avid DIYer, by the way. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, I, yeah, I have no less than probably 240 flavors in my house at any given time, flavor concentrates. So, um it has become part of kind of like a hobby to me. But you have to understand, yes, this is kind of this lifestyle and community and, and, and what you see in the online world are, are basically the hobbyists, okay? Um, the people that have to blow these big gigantic clouds that terrify non-vapors. <laughs> um, and, you know, people like right. me that are really into playing with flavorings and creating things, you know? Um, I have a banana milkshake recipe that I have been making and been using in my e-cigs for over five years. You know, I'm 46 years old and have a bunch of grandchildren. So, you know, it's not just kids that like flavors. Well, everyone likes flavors, so it's a stupid thing to say flavors are for kids. I mean, it's just stupid. I I get it, but you know what? When it gets down to it, when you have to, when you have to find, when you have to fight for your income, you know, as, as a lot of these people are doing, um, you got to come up with whatever you can come up with, and they they feel like they could probably, I mean, that's their best shot probably is flavor. So I don't know. I just don't think it's uh, going to hold a lot of weight. And obviously, when our film comes out, I think the rest of the world will 
we'll get a chance to see how ridiculous that sounds when we talk about, you know, other things like vodkas and flavors. I mean, obviously, why would they have so many flavors of vodkas? And why do they allow flavors of vodkas? You know, I mean, why do they allow a lot of these things? It just doesn't yeah. make sense. Why didn't they just you know, let? Like, why didn't they just let vodka taste like potatoes? Right. <laughs> exactly. Right. Right. Because no one would drink it. So I mean, it, it did. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do. I, I feel like this is the story of a, this is the story of a generation here, and I, I feel like we're we're really excited to tell that story because, in some ways, it's so ridiculous. Yet the public doesn't know about it. And, you know, and I think that the, you know, there's so much money involved, and I hate to keep coming back to that, but it really no, does no, come back to that. There, there is so much money involved in this, and, and right now, they're making nothing off of vaping. Right. And the fact, right. and I think that, you know, the fact that this is working for so many people is affecting a bottom line. And and that can't be tolerated. That can't be allowed. And that's what it looks like to us. And what I think you're going to find predominantly when you talk to vapors is a lot of people that are just really angry about the fact that when you really look at this for what it is, it's not about our safety and welfare. Right. You know, we, we we sit here thinking that everybody should be thrilled that we're not smoking. I have not smoked a cigarette since January the 8th of 2010. Wow, congratulations. That's and, awesome. And people want to look at me and say, but you're still addicted to nicotine. Well, here is my answer to that. Here is my answer to that one. Why do you care? Right. Right. If my being well, in, in ways, if my being addicted to nicotine you know? makes has no effect on your health and welfare or your children's health and welfare, why do you care? Right. Well, and I think that's because they're being told to care, and that's because you know you got those marketing campaigns out in California and elsewhere that are you know well, they're they're scaring people. You know. And I threw the link in to the Facebook group. And Tomas, um, my wonderful friend Tomas from Germany, um, he threw the link in to um, abillionlives.com. Um, and then oh, awesome. the other thing I wanted people, for everybody in the replay, Ed the Green as you're driving down the road. Hi, Ed. Hope you're having a good day at work. Um, it's at Biebert on Twitter. It's B-I-E-B-E-R-T on Twitter. So um, follow him. Um or you can follow, you know, you can follow the film too. I don't mind if people would rather follow the film. You know, that's just add a billion lives. But certainly, if you guys have any questions for me, yeah, I'm at at Bieber, like Justin Bieber, but with a T on the end. He was he was too cool to have the T, so he dropped it. He's not too cool for anything. Oh god. <laughs> uh, right. But so, so yeah, you're going to be mean, filming all just, over. Are there any? Are there any of the national meets that you know for a fact that you're going to be attending so people can come and find you? Right. Well, we're still still figuring that out. We've been to we've been to a couple different three different ones so far, but we are. Um, I know there's one in Pennsylvania that that. Uh, yep, there's one in Pittsburgh. Up. Yep, there's one coming up in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh I will right. not yep. be able yep. to attend that one. Um, you need no. to come. <laughs> you need to attend 
You need to attend a, a vape fest if you can find one. And I say that because vape fest um, and VaporCon were the first um, actual national meets that were held. Um, oh, okay. VaporCon, okay. VaporCon will be, um, I do believe it's going to, again, this year be in Richmond, Virginia. Uh, vape TV um, sponsors that. Uh, Lou. Okay. God love Lou. Um, the owner of Vape TV. Yeah, I got a chance to meet some of those folks. Yeah. They're really nice. Yeah, Lou and Violet, I, I love them to death. Um, Lou is so much fun to talk to. Um, but that one is in Richmond, and it's usually in October or the beginning of November. You need to make sure you come to that one so that I can meet you again and and not be <laughs> not not make you think that I'm going to be some scary lady and beat you over the head I, with my purse. Because um, I really well, won't, we, I promise. Uh, yeah. I think I think for us mostly, you know, we find that when we show up at some of these things that it tends to be a little bit scary for, you know, the organizers and you know, so I think we're we're usually willing to go to certain places as long as, you know, the organizers are interested in having us, you know, because obviously filming, you know, sometimes people get nervous about that whole thing and so um luckily the folks at Vape Bash were really very friendly and very helpful with that and so we were able to get some pretty cool footage there but you know, definitely, we'll we'll probably be trying to make our way to a lot of those things for sure, and um, um, we will probably be. Yeah, I mean, we're we're planning on getting to as many as we can. You know, that'll fit into our schedule. So, yeah, stay tuned on that. Um, we'll probably be announcing more on our on our social media channels. And another thing you mentioned, the website. You know, if people are interested in keeping up with what what's going on. We do have a an email list on that website that people can sign up for. And we don't, you know, we don't send emails like every day or anything like that just because we're pretty busy. But we are keeping people updated on, you know, kind of the status and, and everything. And as, you know, things move forward, you know, keeping people posted on, you know, where they'll be able to see the film and that kind of stuff. So, I don't know how I yeah. missed that when you were on Inside Vaping, but I did not realize until Tomas put the link in the chat that there was an actual website. Now you're telling me that there's an email list that I can sign up for, which... I am right. really good at that now because now I have I have the the um, Galaxy Note four so it's big enough that I can actually oh, nice. read email on it um, because oh, nice. you know my other phone wasn't yeah I, reading email on my phone was never my thing um, but yeah because the other email list that I I am on that I am so grateful for is uh, there's a gentleman in the state of Pennsylvania named Bill Godshall. And if you oh, get a, I've heard of him. Yeah, yes. he was actually just asked the father. I didn't get a chance to really talk to him, but I've heard good things. You should you should talk to Bill. Um, the man is amazing. The amount of knowledge in his head is is crazy. Um, he <laughs> him and um, when you go to Europe, um, try to get a hold and talk to David Dorn because David okay. Dorn and Greg Conley. Greg Conley's here in the U.S. He's the president of the ABA. Right. Uh, just met him too. Yeah, just met him. He's a good guy. Yeah, he's a really good kid. I absolutely adore him. Um, but David Dorn and Greg Conley are the two people that I would consider to be like the rock stars of vaping. Um, and the reason okay. that I consider them as such is because these guys just know their shit inside and out, and they fight for vapors everywhere, and they do it every single day. And when you tell them thank you, they, they're like, oh, you don't need to thank me. Um, yes, we do. Um, but these guys <laughs> right. are really, really, really smart. And they, they fight for us constantly. Um, one other thing that I wanted to point out to you that you might want to, to keep an eye on is there is going to be a vote in Washington, D.C. tomorrow. Um, there's a hearing. Really? There's Yeah. 
There's a hearing in Washington, D.C. tomorrow. Um, uh, apparently, there's only very few vapors in D.C. Stereo Dreamer, where are you? Um, we have a guy that's usually here in chat that's from Washington, D.C. Where are you? Um it's it's worth noting it appears to be a 70% extra tax not a wholesale tax is what Kassab previously understood it to be but an additional 70% tax um so yeah people if you live in Washington DC or work there get on the horn um i'm going to stick to Is that is that for the district or is that a national national thing It's for the district it's for the District okay. of Columbia. Right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it really just floors me um, how much stuff that they're they're pushing through on local levels now. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, well, that's what they were saying. Safada was saying that the big battles really are more regional or local battles just because that's kind of the way that they've that these other people have chosen to fight these battles. Yeah, they've chosen to fight them on on these local levels and stuff because, for you know, prior to CASA and the vaping militia and the AVA and Safada and the MVC, prior to all these organizations, you know, really digging into this, um, they had been sneaking this stuff through on local levels and saying, ha-ha, it's here. You know, what are you going to do? Um, Indiana is really the first state that, you know, Minnesota, Minnesota has been taxing nicotine for a long time. Okay. But what is going on, what's, what's happening in the state of Indiana is just absolutely insane. But do you know? I don't understand. I mean, I don't understand why they would ban it. Did they say why they're banning it? I have not read through it. I, I really would have to yeah. read through it and sit down, but I'm sure it's for right. some more really stupid things. Cigarettes are relatively right. cheap in Indiana. You know that, right? <laughs> no, I didn't know that. Yeah, no. cigarettes are relatively cheap in Indiana. Um, you know, it's not like, see, now I live in Pennsylvania, but I live, um, my friend Pup from the L.A.'s Vapor Club, um, Pup likes to say that I live in the backwood of the backwoods. And and he's not really wrong. Um, I do right. live oh, in a you, town you live that in has one of the beautiful areas of Pennsylvania. Yeah, I live in a place called Shingle House, Pennsylvania. And if you Google it, you will see nine streets and trees. <laughs> well, we were just driving through there actually when we were out east in New York City. We actually uh, drove through Pennsylvania, and I was amazed at how beautiful it was. Yeah, so I'm guessing you probably live over that way. <laughs> Buffalo, Buffalo, New York is the closest major city to me. How about oh, okay. that one? Okay. So the closest, so I live in Pennsylvania, but the closest major city to me is almost in Canada. Wow. Um, yeah. So yeah. Erie, Erie actually is a half an hour um, farther drive for me than, than Buffalo. So when I go to what I like to air quote as local meets, they're in Buffalo. <laughs> So, in other words, when the uh, zombie apocalypse happens, we should all go to your place? Is that what you're saying? Don't come to my house. I'll shoot you. <laughs> yeah, don't. No, no, no. No, no, no. Don't come to my I'll house. i bring cameras and then, no. <laughs> yeah, don't come to my house. Um, yeah, I've already said if them people from that, that prepper show come to my door, I'm going to run them off with a shotgun. Um, but, no, yeah, I, I really do live out in the country. Um when I flew to Chicago, 
Uh, my daughter drove me to the Buffalo Airport, which is two and a half hours, and she dropped me off wow. at the, you know dropped me off at the curb, and away she went so she could come back and go to work. And I walk into the airport, and I'm like, oh, crap, you know, my phone has got that screen protector thing on it, and it never works right with the scanners. I'll just go have this woman up here standing there looking like she has nothing better to do, print my boarding pass for me. And I walk up to the gate, and the lady says, oh, I'm sorry, that flight's canceled. What? I said, what? So we almost didn't We almost didn't meet yeah. in Chicago then. Yeah. I said, uh, so what's going on? And she's like, well, we booked you on the next available flight. And I said, okay, when is the next available flight? And she said, 5.22 p.m. It was 11.30 in the morning. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> so, what airline was that? I'm curious. Uh, United. Oh, which yeah. which was better than Delta because Delta stranded me in New right. York City for almost 24 hours. Normally I get stranded on Delta, but um, United, yeah, I've, I've had pretty good luck with them. But I guess I suppose any of the older airlines, you know, sometimes they have yeah. plane issues or so, something. So, you know, it was okay, but I got there. I got there, and that was all that mattered, right? I got there, and, you know, it was a good thing that I had movies downloaded onto my tablet. So I sat in the Buffalo airport and watched movies on my tablet. Did they let you uh, vape in the airport? Um, I vaped the entire time I sat there, and nobody said a word to me, but I was not obnoxious about it. I was courteous, and I stealth vaped. Are you? Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, I've I... heard rumors that uh, if you hold the vapor in long enough, it kind of disappears or something. Is that yeah. true? Just... Well, it does. It's just water vapor. It's just water vapor. So if you hold it in for, you know, 10, 15 seconds, there's nothing. There's nothing there. So... You know, I mean, and that's the thing. Greg Conley got in trouble at a hearing because he said at the hearing, he put his PV up to his face and he did the whole little stealth vape thing. And then he let the air out and there was nothing there. And he's like, so was I just vaping or not? Oh. And, and they, they were angry. (laughs) They were angry with him. Um, They really were. They were quite angry with him over that one. But I mean, and that is a fact, you know, um, vaping doesn't have to be about these big, huge clouds that terrify all of the non-smokers and the ex-smokers. And unfortunately for us, um, ex-smokers are worse than non-smokers, it seems. Um, My my father is an ex-smoker and um, my mother is a dual user. My mother is 69 years old. It's 69 years old. This woman is not dead of lung cancer yet. The chances of her quitting smoking altogether are non-existent. That is the reality. Right. You know, that that is the pure reality of the situation. My sister still smokes. When my mother's around my sister, um, my mom still smokes. When she's around the girls she plays cards with, my mother still smokes because they all smoke. When my mom is right, around right, my right. dad, it's a social thing for her. yeah. When my mom is around my dad, who bitches about it constantly, my mother uses her e-cig. When she's around me, she uses her e-cig. So, you know, they like to mention dual users as this horrible, scary thing. You know, they're they're not using right. it to quit; they're just using it to smoke where they couldn't before. My mother doesn't dual use to smoke where she couldn't smoke before my mother uses her e-cig to be respectful of me and to be respectful of my dad could she smoke in both of those situations yes 
nope, I'm not going to tell my mother what she can do. My mother might only be five foot nothing and full-blooded Italian, but that woman can swing a flip-flop and make your ass hurt for a week. I am not going <laughs> to, I am not going to say, you're lighting another cigarette, mom. Uh, no, not going to happen. That's just not going right. to happen. Yeah. I don't want to get hit with that flip-flop. <laughs> it's happened right. a lot. I don't want to go there again. Yep. But, you know, don't upset mama, that's for sure. So, when they say dual users, there's there's so much more to it than what they're implying, you know. Dual right, well, users. Mitch, Mitch Zeller brought that up again, uh, for, you know, from the FDA. He brought that up again this week um, in his talk that he gave to us. And he, yeah, he pretty much is, you know, saying that he wants to make sure, you know, dual use isn't really happening before he, you know, it's like, well, it's happening and it's going to keep happening. And I think they need to understand more of what dual use means. And I don't know. Boy, it, it seems like a mess. And it, it seems like they're just taking it the exact uh, the worst possible way you can take dual use, that's what they're basically trying to say. Yeah, happening. I mean, it's always the worst case scenario. There's more to it than that. And I'm not saying that our side is 100% right. And okay, people, go ahead. Start sending your hate mail now. I'll get, I will get nasty messages over that. But I'm not saying that oh, really? we are 100% right. But what I am saying is there is another side to this. And they refuse to look at any positive. And when right. when AIMSA released, uh, when AIMSA, my friend Lou Ritter um, is one of the founding members of AIMSA, um, and when he put up the post about Dr. Farsalinos being rejected to speak at the FDA, um, I was just very sad because it's yet another instance where unless you are agreeing with their point of view, you're not allowed to talk. Your opinion, right. your opinion or your data is not valid. And, and that right. really, really upsets me. Um, and I just don't well, understand not, the driving. It's not course. what intelligent people do, you know. Well, that's how you know if someone's really trying to seek the truth and do the right thing is that they'll listen to everybody. You know, the minute the minute you start cutting out other opinions, then you you have to assume that they're not really trying to get the truth because there's no reason to exclude people from giving their opinion. Yeah, I mean that's at least that's been you know my experience with. You know, when you have any sort of debate, you know, if you're going to censor the opposition, you're not, you know, that's not the right way to do it. Now, what, <laughs> I have to change the subject before I can, I tend to get heated over this because it just makes no right, sense to right. me. Um, what kind of a timeline are you looking at for the film? Well, the, you know, one of our, our optimistic goals, you know, something that we would really love to see happen is that we would debut the film at Sundance this, this upcoming year. And so that means we have to finish the film and submit it to them, I believe it's in September. So the film is going to be done soon. I mean, I don't know how, I don't know if I should say the word soon, but and we only have about three or four months left of production before it'll be done. And then it'll, you know, it'll do uh, some sort of a run on the uh, film festival circuit and then, uh, we'll be in theaters after that. So um, I'm not sure exactly when, you know, when it would be in theaters, which film festivals it will be at. But um, So if we really want to know, we should follow premiere. you on all your social media accounts. Well, unfortunately, you know, obviously that sounds, you know, that sounds like, 
you know, that would be a little bit of a pitch, but obviously there's no other way to communicate to everybody unless we do that. But yeah, absolutely, guys. <laughs> email address and, uh, yeah, I mean, we're, we want to be this, but I don't think people have to worry too much. And, you know, we're going to be sharing some very interesting pictures from along our journeys as well. So people will really get a chance to get to know our team. And we've got some really nice folks that are working on the film and really ta- some of the most talented people I've ever met are going to be working on this film. So it's going to be, uh, be fun to get to know the crew. So definitely, yeah, sign up for, you know, the email address, um, update on the billion lives.com, um, you know, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, those are ones that we're hitting pretty hard here recently. In fact, last night we actually had, uh, I think it was almost 1200 new uh, fans on Facebook just in one night. So things are, things are coming along here. <laughs> very excited about it i um and and i have to ask you from an outsider's perspective um when you started looking into things what what was the most surprising thing to you well you know so we have i have some friends that are vapors and uh and you know i started hearing about this stuff and, you know, I thought, you know, I don't know if anyone remembers the old e-cig commercials, but I think, I don't know if it was smoking everywhere or whatever this was. I used to see this on TV, this really terrible commercial where a guy was asked to put out a cigarette in the restaurant and he um, shoved it on his arm and it real obnoxiously to the, to the waitress, you know, said, oh, it's not, it's not fire, you know, it's a, it's a, it's vapor or whatever, you know, it's just real kind of a douchebag to the, to the waitress, you know, and I remember these just terrible commercials and so. You know, that was a long time ago. I think that was probably 2010, you know, roughly, maybe a little bit earlier than that, 2008, 2009. And, and so that was kind of my impression, you know, of e-cigs is that just some real cheesy-looking devices that just obnoxious people use. You know, and I, you know, unfortunately, that was unfortunately what happens when you put those things over television is people get weird impressions. But more and more of my friends have, you know, started switching from smoking to vaping and you know, I uh, got a chance to smell some of the vapor, and boy, you know, it smelled great. <laughs> you know, it started to, you know, change my impressions a little bit. And then you know, I saw they were not smoking anymore, and then they started telling me about how, you know, some of the health benefits. I mean, one of the gentlemen that I, friends of mine, is, is a professional uh, musician, and you know, was talking about not being able to breathe in the morning when he woke up, and you know, I mean, not fully not able to breathe, but you know, a little bit difficulties breathing, and how. You know, he switched to vaping, can breathe now, his teeth are, you know, better, his hair doesn't smell, you know, just on and on, all these things. And so I started to change my opinion. I said, this sounds like, you know, something that, you know, people should be doing. And then, and then I, then someone sent me that formaldehyde article, you know, and I thought, (laughs) oh, there it is, see? So, So this, this great technology, you know, it sounded good, but yep, there's the hidden poison, you know, like look at all these people are doing this thing. It's get, they're getting poisoned by formaldehyde. How dumb is this? You know, and then, and then someone sent me the, uh, I think it was either Forbes or uh, someone re- refuted it, you know, some major, yep, some major news um, publication published. I don't know who wrote it even to be honest, but they basically said, look at this garbage. Yeah, study. it was Dr. Farsalinos, by the way. Oh, okay, right. And I'm going to be meeting him soon, so I'm looking yep. forward to that meeting. But he he wrote that article, and I said, this is garbage. This is the kind of stuff. You know, I just watched this movie, Food, Inc., where they mm-hmm. talked about how, you know, all this stuff is going on with government, and they're allowing all this, you know, this lobbying and, and all these corrupted government organizations that are basically just run by the organizations that they're supposed to be policing, 
you know, and I said, okay, so is that what's going on here? And, you know, I did some digging and uh, had some friends that run vaping-related companies now that I've started like, gotten to know in the local area here, and, and they're like, yep, sure enough, you know, and, and so it was time to, time to make this film. And, uh, and one of the most surprising things for me, you know, I guess to get back to your answer, obviously I, that's a long answer to your question, but, or not even an answer, but a long intro to the question. Basically, I think the most surprising thing for me is is how is how blind people can get, you know. And, I, and I'm not talking about the vapors. I'm talking about the people that are, you know, that are supposed to be caring about the information, but they don't. They don't care about the information. You know, even uh, you know, even Mitch Zeller, he said he doesn't know anybody that's vaping. He doesn't know anybody. He said that. I was really surprised to hear that from him considering that there are quite a few people that are that, that do vaping and uh, for him to say that but if your job is to regulate vaping don't you think you would reach out to people and try to sit down and have coffee with them and like try to understand what's going on don't you think that you know if that was your job to well if you cared about the people that you were going to be regulating yes I would ass- right. I would think that that would be the first thing that you did right and so it's kind of this I don't know if it's it's kind of this turning off, turning off a uh, viewpoint, whether they block people from Twitter or they block their comments or delete their comments or don't bother to even have the discussions or whatever, or, you know, not allowing Dr. Forsliness into the FDA thing. That's surprising to me because, you know, in the world I want to live in, when people have to make important decisions, they get all the information. They don't just take half the information and then run. To me, that seems wrong. It's surprising. I'm a little bit naive in some ways, apparently, because I didn't think that actually happened. I thought people actually cared about doing their job correctly and that they actually wanted to, you know, make good, educated decisions on behalf of the people they were serving. You know, it used to be called public service. Well, and well now I, I don't know. I don't know what service it is anymore. Cause well, and Jan, so, Jan brings this up in chat, and I ha- and she is so right on this. In amongst that 241 pages of regulation, okay, <laughs> what everybody is saying is, you know, and here's big tobacco trying to hook another generation. Do you, and you haven't read it, so you you don't understand no, this, but the way this regulation is written, do you realize that the most terrifying thing here is the only people that are going to be able to afford to stay in this market is big tobacco? Right, right, and I am aware of that. Yeah, I've definitely we've looked at summaries of it and you know so, people's analysis of it, and, and I mean it's clear that that's what's if if those proposed regulations went into effect, that that would indeed be the case, where the only people that would be would be doing this would be in many cases the folks that they're all afraid of. So yeah, these I, are the people that they're sense. saying you know, know tobacco's killing so many people, and we need to regulate this vaping and blah 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 blah. But our regulation is going to guarantee that the only people with e-cigarettes on the market are going to be big tobacco who have lied and killed people for decades. Because this makes right. perfect sense, right? No. Right. No. Well, and that's right. And yet, and yet the media is not covering that. The media is not covering that. The media is covering flavors. You know? We have to save the children. Right. Right. You know, but no one um, cares about the billion adults that are going to die, you know. But 
it's just sad to me, you know, and in many ways I feel like, I don't know, I just, I don't want to live in a world like that. Yeah, my addiction, like my that. addiction is okay as long as the state is getting as much money in tax as what the manufacturer is for the coffin nails that they're selling me. That's that's okay because I'm I'm paying a premium to kill myself. But if I want to have something that is less harmful, i.e., harm reduction, um, that should be regulated right out of existence because it's such a terrible thing um yeah it it really makes no sense and for me personally as a vapor to have you a non-vapor and a non-smoker look at this from the outside and say something's not right here (laughs) um that makes me happy well i'm sorry sorry what was that that makes me happy well, I guess like I was, I was going to say, I guess we must be absolute geniuses then because I don't know why we're the only ones talking about this. I'm surprised, you know, and we looked at this as a potential film, you know, and obviously because we have investment in this, we have to make sure that we think it'll be worthy of, you know, unfortunately from a business perspective, you know, we have to look at, you know, what's the chances that we'll make our money back on this film and all that kind of stuff. And and so we looked at, see, well, what, you know, what other documentaries are out there what other you know books are out there what else is out there and we're like there's nothing about this like hardly i mean for the most part i mean obviously lots of blogs and whatnot Mm -hmm. but nobody is talking about this so i i don't understand it i'm glad it makes you happy i mean i'm i'm sad you guys could be happy but we're sad over here our entire team is sad because it just doesn't make sense and it looks like a whole section of our population is getting screwed over you know um, yeah, and it, and, and, and that happens all over, you know, I mean, and it really does. Um, when, when people started getting concerned about their food, you know, and where their right. meat was coming from, um, what happened? Well, here's what happened. What happened was the USDA got legislation passed through that made it illegal for you to pull up on a public road outside of a meat farm. And take pictures of the <laughs> of the lousy conditions that <laughs> these animals were being raised and slaughtered in. Um, because, yeah, that made right. all the sense in the world. Let's not fix the problem with the meat supply. Let's, Let's make it illegal to take pictures of <laughs> right. um Well, luckily at this point we're not aware of any, any rules that are prohibiting us from doing what we're doing. So we're very thankful for that, I think, at this point. Even if it was illegal to make this film, we probably still would make it just because at this point we're, we're really just convinced that the world needs to know about this. And all these people in other countries, you know, Brazil and Japan and Mexico and all over the place where it's being, I mean, it's banned in like 30, 40, 50 countries, something like that. These people need to see, you know, they need to see what they're missing. They need to see what their government's doing to them. The United States people need to see what their government will do to them when, when they're not paying attention. And, you know, this is something that everyone in America needs to be aware, aware of because it could affect them. What happens when they decide to ban caffeine or ban alcohol or ban whatever things people like that might have some slightly, you know, whatever circumstances along with that. Well, and how and many years bad. have that's you heard bad. that salt was bad for you? <laughs> how many years? Right. I have definitely heard you that. know, I mean, probably you're young, so probably your entire life they have been preaching that salt is bad, salt is bad, salt is bad. 
Well, right. you, you realize... I'm in my mid-30s, but I, I think... I, I, I guess that's still technically probably young, huh? <laughs> it, yeah, it is. Um, but, I mean, and you realize <laughs> yeah, be, that yeah. they've come out now and said, well, you know, salt might not be all that bad for you. Was there yeah. all kinds of fanfare over that? Nope. Not at all. I didn't even know. To be honest, I didn't hear that it wasn't bad for you. So, oh I mean, yeah, you start looking. Yeah. yeah, oh yeah, they they had a they had some press releases and some articles in some places, and you know that you know well, salt really isn't as bad for you as we initially thought. Well, right, right. So they make you know they'll make headlines are always always the negative stuff. You know, salt will raise your blood pressure. Salt will this and salt will that and blah blah blah. But when it comes time to you know correct things, and that's what you see with the in the world of vaping, you know, formaldehyde is an e-safe. I still see it. It's so people are still talking about it in their blog, you know, or news articles. They'll still talk about formaldehyde is an e-safe. But but you're you're exhaling you're exhaling formaldehyde right now, and you're not vaping. I know. So I, know. I mean, and, and I, that's the thing I, is I they keep never over my shoulder because I'm af- I'm afraid I'm going to get arrested here for all the formaldehyde that I'm putting. Yeah, out. they never <laughs> they never give you in comparison. Okay, so right. there's. You know, the the formaldehyde study was so flawed to begin with because it, it was under conditions that no vapor would ever, ever operate their equipment. But besides right. all that, um, they never put it in comparison. Okay, there's this much formaldehyde in car exhaust. There's this much formaldehyde in the air on the on the sidewalk in New York City. There's this much in, in an e-cig. There's this much in the breath that you exhale without any of this. You know, they never right. give these comparisons. And when people actually see the comparison numbers, they're like, what's the big deal then? Right. And that's the thing, because, you know, there's a film currently out called Merchants of Doubt, you know, and they were talking about how these guys basically have become really good at making people afraid of things or making them not believe it. Well, essentially, the formula is you just have to come out with some stuff that sounds good, leave out all the facts. Just say like, yeah, formaldehyde's an e-cig, and people will run with it, you know, and they will, they will remember that, but they won't remember the retractions, they won't remember the discussion, you know, and so, yeah, I, you know, and, and we're using the same tactic right back at them, basically. When you talk about a billion lives dying, I mean, that's something that will make headlines, and so they're going to have to face it one way or the other when this film comes out. So hopefully, we'll be able to, you know, get some headlines with, with that and draw some attention back to the other side of the argument. Well, and when you brought up. You know, why things aren't in the media. Um, One other random little factoid that I learned from my really smart friend Jan is like 80% of the mass media in this country is owned by the same six corporations. (laughs) So, you know, so basically what we have here, yeah. Um, Do you watch Conan O'Brien? I think it's Conan. I don't know. Is it Conan or Jimmy Fallon? The one that they do the news stories and and they'll start playing clips from different news stations all over the country that are coming out with the exact same story word for word, just different inflection. <laughs> so it's it's not like all of these reporters. Yeah, it's not like all of these reporters, you know, sat down and came up with the exact same thing. It's that one guy came up with this story and everybody else ran with it. And yeah, it's hysterically exactly. funny, but it... it you know, it's it's hysterically funny in a really sad way because people all over this country do not realize how much we're led to believe exactly what they want us to believe. 
and that's all right. we hear about. Right. You know. Um, right. Well, so, and, that's, and that's the and that's the opportunity that you know filmmakers have when they put out documentaries is that they can go around all that kind of stuff, especially with the you know with the growth of Netflix, you know, and some of these things. I mean. Yeah, and I feel like, you know, some of those big media titans are starting to crumble a little bit with their, you know, with people moving more to online news sources and Twitter and, and movies and whatnot. So, but right now, you know, like you said, I mean, that's what's happening is they, they take something and run. And you got to you gotta question why that is in some cases because um, they're getting billions of dollars from pharmaceutical companies and, and other companies that have an interest in, in not... Um, and not seeing the growth of, of vaping. So, well, I mean, it's, it's twisted. Here twisted. is the funny thing about Twitter. Um, you know, all of these ants can come out and say just horrific things about vaping. And they can spit out data and that's, they're, they're wrong. You know, I mean, they're wrong. <laughs> they, they say right. atrocious things. And when it's pointed out that they're wrong or somebody says, why are you telling this lie? The next thing you know, the ants are on TV screaming and yelling about how these um, thugs, these online vapors are are verbally attacking them on Twitter. And it's like, what? Wait a minute. <laughs> when you were telling lies, it wasn't attacking us. But when we point out that you're lying or that your information isn't correct... Now we're thugs and hoodlums and and we're verbally attacking you and it's and it's what what the one the one lady called it um social media terrorism. Like oh, really? what? Was that the gal from uh, Toronto? Yeah, it's like what where do you I'm sorry, what? <laughs> so when you <laughs> when you give them when you come up with counterpoints, um they refuse to even look at it and they just cry wolf and everybody believes it. And I'm not saying that there are not assholes in vaping because there are. Okay. There, there, sure, sure. there, 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 there are, but I mean, there are, and I, the politically correct term that I use is don't be a five percenter. And, oh, and right. it, it's don't be a five percenter. And what that really boils down to in plain English, is the don't be a dick rule. <laughs> because right. that's... Well, hey, I know, I know what you're saying because, I, you know, I was at Bay Bash and some lady, like, attacked me and I thought this is, like, terrorism, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, Her name yeah, is Jeannie. Yeah, some, some crazy old lady walked up and said, uh, uh, we want to talk to you, young man. <laughs> Could you please come and see us when you're done there? Um, poor oh, kid. Anyway, sorry. Um, no, don't, yeah, I don't worry about it because a lot of people, it happens with a lot of people. Um, and it's always with people that don't know me because I mean, if I were to look at one of my friends and go, you know what, just shut the fuck up. They would just laugh and keep right on talking, um, because they know me. Um, but yeah, they, they think it's some kind of, of personal attack and it's like, no, we are attacking the data that you're misrepresenting. Or we are attacking the lies that you're perpetuating. Um, but, you know, um, I'm a firm believer in truth and honesty. Um, and right. and one thing I inherited from my mother was this brutal honesty. I have been called brutally honest more times than I can count. <laughs> um, and I consider that a badge of honor. Um, a lot of people, that 
that tends to scare people. Um, but that's okay. That's that. That's okay. I'm I'm good with that. Well, honesty at least leads to real conversations. That's the problem with everyone that just wants to, you know, beat around the bush and doesn't want to say anything. I mean, we're not having real conversations half the time. So I, I do appreciate the honesty you're saying. You know, but I, and before I let you go, um, and not that you care about these, but I'm I'm gonna tell you a a true story, okay? Well, I like true stories. I smoked for 27 years. I started smoking before I was actually a teenager. I was 12. Wow. I was 12. And by the time I um, decided that it was time to quit, which I never actually did decide that, I had been smoking for 27 years, and I was smoking two and a half packs of cigarettes a day. I kept getting this really sharp pain in my back. And it hurt for me to be able to take a deep breath. And I thought, well, you know, I'll go to the chiropractor. So I go to the chiropractor and he feels around on my back and he starts asking me some questions. And he sits down and he says, Jeannie, he said, um, I'm going to need you to go down to the ER. I'm like, why the hell are you uh -huh. sending me to the emergency room? Do I need an x-ray or something? He said, no, you don't need an x-ray. He said, but I really need for you to go to the emergency room. I'm going to call and I'm going to tell him that you're coming. Um, do you think you're going to be all right to drive there? Because the girl from the front office could drive you if you needed. And I said, no, I'll be fine. Why? I'm like, seriously, do I need to go to the emergency? He says, yes, you really need to go to the emergency room. And I spent nine and a half days in intensive care because I had a pulmonary embolism in my right lung the size of a golf ball. Oh, no. And oh this was um, right before Christmas of 2009. And I had two kids still living at home, um, you know, still relatively young. Um, and I laid there with them giving me all these blood thinners and everything. And my kids are all freaking out because, you know, what's wrong with mom? And, um, right. and when I got out of the hospital... I walked across the parking lot of the hospital, and before I was even halfway to the car, I lit a cigarette. Right. And my husband asked me about trying one of these electronic cigarettes. Because while I was in the hospital, they couldn't seem to get my oxygen level above 95. And that was a little bit concerning to them. I didn't really give a shit. All I knew was this thing was stabbing me in my back and needed to stop. And um, right. so my husband started asking me, you know, did I ever look into that electronic thing i said what electronic thing and it was an e-cig and i ordered this thing just to make my husband happy never <laughs> with any intentions whatsoever of stopping smoking it got here january the 8th of 2010 and it was one of the little cigalikes and it didn't work worth a shit but you know what i didn't smoke it was working. wasn't working well, but it was working. So then I got online and I started doing some more research and I found some forums and I started talking to some people and some people made some really good recommendations to me for some really good gear. And here I sat, going on five and a half years later, and I still haven't smoked. Well, so that's where the passion comes from then. That's where it comes from. From anyway. Yeah, you know, and that's funny because I've been seeing on Twitter, you know, we our our uh, 
a billion lives had a discussion the other day about the big vapor, you know, and that big V and, and how, you know, they're, they're, they're claiming big vapor is behind all this. And, you know, the more people, I mean, I just keep meeting more people and they have very passionate stories about this. And, and I don't know, you know, again, I, I, it seems like they're being dishonest when they, when they say things like that, because clearly there's a movement here, of real people that are having real, real success and they're having real passion and real belief in this product. And yet, they're ignoring it. So I, gosh, it's, no wonder. I can see why everyone's so upset. Though. I, I'm upset with everyone now because I feel like this is just something that's wrong, you know. But especially after hearing your story, wow, what a crazy, it's crazy. Do you feel? I mean, are you feeling healthier now? Obviously, I mean, I should say obviously, but are you feeling? I mean, uh, health, seeing health benefits as well. Oh, I've seen a lot of health benefits. Um, my my O2 levels have been 99 for a very okay. long time now. Um, but because of the PE, I had to have my lungs checked constantly because I wanted to make sure that I was not throwing another blood clot. Um, right. Because, yeah, because, you know, if those clots break up and part of it hits your brain, you know, you, you have a stroke and die and shit like that. But, you know, I don't know why they were so freaked out. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, my lungs have gotten better and better and better to the point that, you know, my doctor has said, Jeannie, I'm not going to say anything to you about vaping. He said, because your lungs are in better shape than mine are. So I will just shut up now. And I'm like, well, that'd be good. Maybe I need to interview your doctor. <laughs> good luck getting. Uh, doctors are afraid. Yeah. Good luck getting doctors in the United States to say that um, on yeah. on a camera. Um, good Good luck with that because, um, you know, big pharma stands to lose a lot here, too. It's not just big tobacco, and that's part of the problem. Right. Part of the problem is is it's well, not ju- – if it was just big pharma, we we might have better chances. If it was just big tobacco, we might have better chances. But it's both. Right. Both of right. those and groups lose. Add them all together. Yeah. Both of those yeah. groups lose yeah. when people stop smoking. So, you know, yeah, this is a mess. Yeah, I don't know how I, I, the only way that, the only way that this is, you know, I think you're absolutely right. You throw big pharma, big tobacco, and then big government who needs their tax money. And then you throw all these respected organizations like the American Lung Association and, and all of those guys. You throw them all together. These are some of the most powerful organizations in the world. And, and how and how is uh, you know how are the vapors going to win? Well, the only way they're going to win is if they get together and they they tell their story. So I mean, I I sincerely hope that we're able to help with that effort. But it's, I do too. It's going to be a tough fight. And I you know and fight. I if anything if one thing that I hope that you accomplish is that people will see us for the individuals that we are, um, because there are thousands and hundreds of thousands of people out there with stories just like mine or close enough to mine to be the same thing um and we are extremely passionate about it and we're we're passionate about it because we really this was life-changing for us um and everybody because we are this passionate um all these politicians think obviously we're being paid so we must be, you know, right. we must be shills for big tobacco. Um, you know, and when it's, they talk about... interesting. Yeah. Um, have you talked to Stefan, the not-blowing smoke? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yep. Because... I, mean, I was over there right by his neck of the woods, uh, and we were talking over uh, 
over the air. We have a, he was actually in Chicago, too, and I, I missed him. We were in the same room together, but I missed him. But uh, we'll be talking to him more. But, yeah, he's, he's got a lot of passion, too. One so guy in his home day. in California undermined a $75 million ad campaign. <laughs> and the state of California is so embarrassed that they refuse to admit that this is one guy with 20 bucks in his pocket that built that website. You know, they, they, everybody thinks that this not blowing org is this, you know, got all this big money behind it. Um, no, really it didn't. <laughs> it's just one guy. Right. So there is that. Yeah. Well, that's because they're not used to people actually, you know, and they're, and they'll have to be paid to do what they're doing. I mean, they're basically just mercenaries and, and on, uh, the they're, vapor side, it's actually it's authentic. They're know? used so I, to. They just don't understand it. They're used to the smokers being cowed down and beaten into a corner, and they think that we will go as quietly. And unfortunately, yeah. that is their biggest mistake. We will not go quietly. <laughs> no, I'm not seeing anybody go quietly on this. It seems like the more angry, you know, the more stupid things they do, the more angry everyone gets. So I, I think that they're about to release the hornet's nest and i i feel bad for them but uh i think <laughs> the buzzing is about to get really loud i think it's gonna be crazy well uh, and, and i hope i hope it does something i will have to make sure that i sign up for the email list i will do that and i will do that tonight before i walk out of here but um awesome. was there anything else that you wanted to cover while you were here because i think i went over my <sighs> entire list of questions and then some well yeah it's been a great 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 conversation. I guess the only the only thing I just want to touch on, you know, real quick is just, you know, obviously we want to get the story out there um, for many reasons. We think it's a good story to tell. We think that it's important, you know, that the truth get out there. But obviously, um, you know, we of course it's a project that I'm working on, so of course I'm a little biased. But we want to see this film in as many theaters as possible. And I think in order for that to happen, you know, we really need to show the distributors that. Uh, that we have, you know, the theater owners that we have a sizable interest in the film. So we definitely need all the help we can get, you know, spreading the word and, you know, getting, you know, as many people following us on uh, social media and whatnot, because ultimately that's how we're going to, that's how we're going to convince them that this is worth, you know, worth playing in their theaters. And so that's really the only help we really need at this point. You know, we have been asking questions on social media accounts, you know, here and there where we need help you know, finding some information or whatnot. Everyone's been really helpful. So we, of course, need that help as well. But, you know, the main thing we really need is, yeah, getting more, you know, getting a, a larger community of people that are, you know. All you're asking are, for is what knowledge we have and our numbers. Um, and, right, you know, right. that's. I mean, that's really it, you know. Right. Th- that's not asking much. Um, so no, we're, we're not trying to ask much. We want to give more than we're asking for, but obviously. You know, I'd be lying if I said we don't need anything. We do. We do need. We do need people's support. So, and we appreciate it. it's been. It's been really amazing so far. But, um, you know, if we're going to be an undeniable, you know, story, you know, we're going to have to have an undeniable group of people behind us. And, and essentially, it's not even our story. It's your story. You know, it's it's the story of the vapors and and their challenges. And and we're super honored that we get to be the ones to tell it. But. Uh, yeah, obviously they're going to want to see that the community is actually behind us. Uh-huh. And there's four million there's four million people, by some estimations, you know, in the country that are vaping, and you know, a couple million more in Europe. And you start adding that all up, and and if we only have, I think right now we have about five or six thousand on Facebook that are following us. I mean, if that's all we end up with, they're going to say that obviously they weren't, they don't really, you know, they're not buying it. Why should we, you know? So, 
something to think about. But we've got to earn that. So we're going to keep earning it. We're going to keep telling the story, letting people know what we're doing and keeping them updated. And, and we're going to earn people's support. And, you know, I'm, we're just happy to be able to, you know, be a part of the community here. We feel like adopted members of the vaping community. So it's, it's been really nice. That that may not be a good thing for you because a lot of us are just crazy. You know that, right? <laughs> well, we're crazy too. So. <laughs> we, we're good. We're like cousins. Then. We're all crazy. Uh, one thing I can right. tell you about vaping is it covers every walk of life in this country. There are vapors in in every subculture that you can think of. And... I think the thing that amazed me most when I walked into my first meet was the fact that it wasn't um, like when you go to, you know, a, a company function and there's your little group of friends that talk and hang out and then there's that other little group over there and there's that other little group over there. When you walk into a vape meet, all of these people will be sitting around a table talking to each other and laughing and having a good time and you're going to look around and you know you're going to you're going to see people that work in fast food places you're going to see doctors you're going to see people that own their own companies you're going to see people like me that don't do anything but bitch on the internet you know all of these people <laughs> are friends with each other and they may not have ever met in person until that event. That's right. what that's what amazes me about vaping is because it has lived in the virtual world for so long. Um, you know, two two of my best girlfriends, one lives in DeKalb, Texas, and the other one lives in North Carolina, and I get to see them once or twice a year at meets, but I talk to them. Well, par usually every single day, you know. Um, so it's it is it is amazing the amount of community that this has drawn together. Um, I've been a member of the NRA since I was a really young kid, and even that organization, you know, that is one of the very few organizations that has been able to beat back the government over the years. Um, right, right. But, and they've only been able to do it because they stick together. Yeah. And even that isn't anywhere near the community that this is. Oh, you know, really? when, okay. when people talk I, about vaping and it being a community and it being a family, they're they're not full of shit. Right. So, right. but young man... Well, that's what we've seen. We witnessed it firsthand, so... I, um... I would like to thank you very much for coming on here with me, and I really hope that I wasn't too mean and scary. Um, I didn't mean to be. No, you you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> no, you've been great, and thank you for having uh, having me on the show. I mean, it's an honor. Anytime you get to, you know, I personally get to sit down with it's, people. It's that, not an uh, honor. It's just me there, dear. No, 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 no. Don't don't start uh, with that. It's on, no, no, it's just me. Now. But anytime, <laughs> anytime you have an update or anytime you would like to call in, you have anything to say or something, you any questions, just let me know. I'd love to have you back yeah, anytime like to you do want. That. So I don't think this will be the last you hear from me. <laughs> but, I'll be I'll be around. Well, I'm and I mean that. Stuff. You know, um, that's one thing you need to understand about me is I don't say something unless I don't mean it. Um, but really, anytime you want to call back in or anytime you'd like to come back on and talk with people, um, really, just let me know. I'd love to have you. 
Um, I am, I am really, really glad that you're making this documentary and I, I am thrilled with the fact that you as a non-vapor and a non-smoker, um, can see that there's something not right with what's going on here. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad to be, I'm glad to be able to do that. I guess I would feel uh, honored to be able to tell that story and 90 seconds. I'm really excited about it so far. It's looking, looking great. And, and you guys have been great. And I mean, tonight is just one more example of that and how welcoming and awesome the community has been and look forward to more of it. So yes, this has been awesome. All righty. Well, I am going to let you go um, before the British lady hangs up on you. <laughs> the switchboard lady <laughs> right. is down to countdown. Yep. And um, again, let me know anytime, kid. Thank you. you. All right. Well, thank you. 60 seconds. One, right. You too. Good night. You know, good night. So before I go, everybody, one last time, I mean, just understand that, you know, these guys are out there and they're just trying to make this documentary because they know something is just not right with what is going on. Um, So, yeah, search out A Billion Lives on Facebook um, or you can go to abillionlives.com or you can follow at A Billion Lives on Twitter. Um, Sign up for the email list, see what's going on. Share it out. Make sure everybody knows that these guys, you know, they're not asking us for anything other than what we know and to put a little bit of our support behind it. Okay? It's important. seconds. We know it's important. We now have people that are willing to fight with us instead of against us. I will see you all next week.